you wake up and it's just like another thing and another thing. It just seems like you can't ever really catch that break. And those can be such hard times for us who, who are driven, who are pushing ourselves. You know, how do we continue to kind of push through these, these tough times? Because, you know, we're in these times, we, we feel these emotions, these negative emotions, and it can feel like we're never going to get out of them. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. And Tyler, you want to talk about a topic that I think is a step removed from what we ended with in our last episode. And it was great that you reminded me, a little bit of a check actually, that somebody's feelings, no matter how dissonant we may think they are, they have value. They certainly are where that person is. That is their reality and that's that's a different place and a different circumstance than how other people perceive it. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, let's, let's say Elon Musk, richest man in the world. Let's say he's like, oh my gosh, Tesla stock is down so much. I have to sell one of my 74 homes just, just to make it this week. I'm so depressed. Life is so horrible. You know, most people, you're laughing. Most people would be like, come on, dude, like give me a break. But what if he has cocooned himself into this reality so much that what he's truly feeling is just as much as anybody else? So, you know, those kind of just look-ins, for lack of a better word, to somebody else's life, what we think is happening is kind of an outside-in approach. And I want to I make sure we know that's there, but I also want to talk about that inside out, because when you're in the middle of something that is that meaningful to you, a true setback, then life is much different. And so I, I'm interested to hear, um, you know, from some of the things that we may have touched on last time to why you specifically brought this topic to the table, you know, what you think about that entire perspective, just, just setbacks in general, how, how to recover yeah. from them. Well, I think he's, Elon Musk is probably depressed about that tan because, oh my God, it looked like Casper the ghost out there. I don't know if you just saw the recent picture that like kind of popped up through social media. It's, not- I don't know. I just ran across it. It's like him climbing into a boat and it's like he's reflecting the sun off. <laughs> so maybe it's not the the stock. I think it might be that uh, lack of tan. But, you know, it, I think the biggest reason you know, I wanted to bring this up because I think a lot, you know, the last couple of years of, of my life, I wouldn't say there's been a lot of setbacks. There has certainly been setbacks. Um, but I think, you know, it's, there's been a lot of, not a lot of, you know, good things, if you will. And I'm not saying, you know, my life is horrible, what have you, but, you know, in, in mine and in my wife's, you know, Stephanie, in, in our capacity, it's been a very rough couple of years for us through a myriad of, of different things. It's, it's been kind of those couple of years where it's like you, you wake up and it's just like another thing and another thing. It just seems like you can't ever really catch that break. And those can be such hard times for us who, who are driven, who are pushing ourselves you know, how do we continue to kind of push through these, these tough times? Because, you know, we're in these times, we, we feel these emotions, these negative emotions, and it can feel like we're never going to get out of them. And you kind of just have to keep getting up and, and keep pushing through and, and trying to, 
almost look, you know what, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Even everything is telling you like it's never getting better. Or at least you're telling yourself it's never going to get better. And I think just, you know, diving into a lot of that is, is important because, you know, and this is probably no, duh, life is hard, right? And it's probably going to be more harder than it is easy in your life. And so it's almost as much as we do talk about it on this podcast, it's such an important thing to talk about because of that reason alone, like we all have these goals and life doesn't stop just because we have these goals that we're trying to obtain. And so to learn how to push through those tough times and, and still do, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever it looks like to still continue to work towards your goal. I mean, you know, fitness, life, you know, business, school, whatever, I mean, that all funnels right into like what we're talking about because we're multidimensional people. We're going to have goals in multiple areas of our lives and we can't just stop working towards those because life gets a little extra harder a lot. (laughs) You know, those are still things we have to continue to work towards. Well, I'm I'm sitting amidst bookshelves with the shelves full of psychology and philosophy and religion context. And isn't that the central theme of all of that? How do we deal with life? How do we deal with the fact that we want to pursue happiness? And yet, as Buddha said, life is suffering. And, you know, it it brings me back to the fact that we think in terms of binaries, we always think there's a right and a wrong, a good and a bad. And I fight against that a lot. You guys have heard me on this podcast say that a lot to to try and encourage people to think more multidimensionally. But it really makes me think how valuable a starting point that is. When I was at Harvard, every single paper I had to write, no matter what class, it's in that almost Socratic debate method, which is whatever the topic is, you have to pick two positions of extreme and, and discuss the merits of each and come to some conclusion. You have to defend one. And, you know, I look at somebody like this, a cognitive therapist, Jordan Peterson, who said publicly on a podcast that he thinks the common person is too stupid to figure out life. And therefore, we must encourage them to believe in God, a God. There must be an afterlife where things are great and everybody's happy and you get you get you get the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because you're just too stupid to think otherwise. You can't deal with pain. But then you have other philosophers and psychologists like like Daniel Dennett and and Steven Pinker who say, no, we we need to we need to accept that life is hard and suffering. And that's how we deal with that. So so think of those two binaries. Life is amazing. I'm just going to stick my head in the sand. And even if it's not amazing now, it will be someday. Kumbaya. And it's not. So how, therefore, must we live to quote Viktor Frankl? So if you start with those, maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle, maybe it's tangential to one of those, but I think you do have to consider those binary extremes as a way to just frame the conversation with yourself and then decide where you're going to go. But just knowing that that dichotomy is always there, life is great, life is horrible. You can have the best experience of your life one day, the worst the next day. How do we live a healthy, fruitful, happy life? And, and I would ask you, you know, think of, think of the person, maybe or a person that you think handles it best. You know, what, what person in your life, a friend, an acquaintance, a family member who just, they seem to be happy no matter what. 
the highs don't get too high. The lows do go. What's that? I don't think I know anyone exactly like that. <laughs> I, I actually know several. And, and yeah. I say that because they, they are monumental heroes to me in the fact that whatever their ideological persuasion is, they do seem to, in some way, come back to a center point of, I don't know all the answers. I can't predict what tomorrow is going to be like. So I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to look for the best in every situation. I'm going to look for the best in every person. I'm going to work toward the best. And there are people who seem to have that temperament or they have to kind of grind their way into it through through some type of therapeutic process, but they exist. And I would say that you and I, as people, have been self-aware enough to move toward that. You know, our journeys are to try and figure that out. That's one of the reasons why we have this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm one of those grinding my, like, my way into it, like, <laughs> having to, like, push myself into it. And, and I mean, I, I would assume, you know, that's going to have to be for most people, just because we are such emotional animals and are, you know, inherently controlled by it. But, you know, I think, you know, kind of the, the biggest thing that came to mind just because, you know, recently, you know, we're going through a fairly rough time in our house. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about being present and trying not to get caught up in the what ifs and, and you know, what's going to happen and, and this and that. And, you know, uh, in the past mistakes made um, and, and really just trying to stay in the moment, you know, to to appreciate the moment for what it is because you're right. Like we can't in a way control what's going to happen. I mean, there's certainly, you know, things that we can do, but I mean, death is so random. You could be walking down the street tomorrow and have a brain hemorrhage or a tree falls on you. There's a car accident veers into you, right? Like, you know, it it can just be so random. And so, you know, really just, I'm going to repeat myself is being that that having trying to have that presence of, okay, I'm not going to, you know, focus too much on the, you know, before and the after, you know, yes, it's okay to talk about and, and speculate. And it's, it's part of the process. It has to be done, but it's almost like that grieving process. It's like, okay, we've done it. We've laid it to rest now. Now we have to wait for the next thing to roll out and the next and the next and the next. And I mean, it's, it's so hard and you're not going to be able to do it all of the time. You're still going to have your bad days. You're still going to have days where you don't perform like you would expect yourself to and that's okay i think it's more again we're looking at that consistency right of over time like can you just be consistent with it at least it's just like dieting it's just like all of this right you don't have to be perfect we're just looking for consistency and a steady progression forward you brought up a really good point there just just that concept of dying and I'm going to back up a little bit and I'm going to remind a couple people of some things that you may have heard about me in the past, or maybe you don't even know. Uh, in my uh, Birth of an Industry Origin Nutrition Coaching Origin Stories podcast, I interviewed last Ben Escrow. And we had this conversation where he and I both had major business losses that cost us millions of dollars and, you know, opportunities and, you know, made relationships and stuff, you know, all kinds of things just tragically happening. And a lot of people just don't recover from that. And I was one of those people who didn't know how I could. I mean, I, I literally was laying on my back, looking at a ceiling for an hour the day that I knew this ride was over. And I just didn't even know what I was going to do the next day. How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? 
when I had to tell employees that had had left jobs to work for me, and we we worked together, we had partnerships, we had all these things, uh, dreams, hopes, we'd all worked so hard. In the closing of our business, didn't even have anything to do with us. It's a, it's a long story, but it, it was nothing that we necessarily did. And when I had to invite them into my office and tell them, like, I've never cried so hard in my life. And I didn't even expect that to happen. It just gushed out of me because of the sense of loss, as you just said, grief that I knew we were all going to have. My first daughter died in my hands at birth. Like when you want to experience loss, you know, try that one. A few 20 years ago, our house burned down. You know, my wife and kids were in the home. Luckily, it was in the middle of the day. I got called home from work. Imagine walking through Walmart at 10 o'clock at night with your family. You don't own anything now, and you're just going through aisle after aisle to make sure you have a toothbrush for the next day. Everybody needs a pair of underwear for the next day. Like you literally instantly have nothing. And, you know, these kind of things happen to real people. And yet we do survive. And I think of friends I've lost early, you know, who left family members behind, young kids due to an early death, as you said. And as hard as it is, and you go through those processes and they are what make you and they form and, and, and impact us all in different ways, but yet we do make it. And I think how we think about going through those things how we prepare ourselves to respond for those things does help us in multiple ways. And one is to just be constantly reminded to be grateful for what you have because you could lose it all. And again, I don't want to have these first world ism type of dissonance lectures. I don't want people to say, oh, wow, I've never gone through something like that. So I should feel great about my situation. No, you again, from the inside out, you could feel just as much, even from a different type of scenario. But it, it makes me think of this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna punt it back to you because you, you talked about grief and, and dying. I want to be one of those people, and I'm thinking ahead, I hope a while down the road, who dies well because I lived well. If I got the news today, you have six weeks to live, you have six months to live, you have six years to live. Would I change my life at all? Am I living that way already? Would I feel like it's not fair and I'm whining and crying and fighting the whole way? Or would I be an example to other people to, to stand in the center of that gratefulness and, and literally die as well as I lived? I hope so. I mean, I've thought of that. But I, again, I mean, you, I think from that, that, from that inside out, you, you have to consider those things once in a while, or you just end up reacting to life. And never probably in, in the better way than if you were prepared a little bit for them. Wow. Yeah, that was, man, that's that top notch. I think we should just end the podcast right there. That was, that was fantastic. That was, that was a lot of good thoughts and I think a lot of good insight. Um, it's, I mean, how did you, I mean, how did you bounce back from those? I mean, I've never been through those type of things. I mean, what, you know, what, drew you to not let it take you backwards, but to slingshot you forward? Like, what was that process like? You know, I, I mean, I don't want to say that it was just glib optimism at all. It's, you know, it was never like, oh, it's going to be fine. Let's just keep going. 
it's literally working on one thing at a time. You know, what, what can I do right now that's going to have the best impact? I can try to look forward and think, okay, here are the steps I have to take. Here's what we're going to, to go through. And, and especially as an employer, as a husband, a father through some of those situations, you, you do want to have a sense of resolution for other people, resoluteness. Um, but at the same time, you need that from other people. And so once again, just staying in the present and saying, okay, I'm going to do this today. This is going to get me to tomorrow. And, and I mean, when you, when you have nothing, when, when you're at that level of grief from the loss of a loved one or a business or your income, your career, a home, all your belongings, you know, that's, you're forced in that situation. All you can do is focus on what to do in that next moment. And, and again, that is such a humbling experience that I, I, this is going to sound cliche, but it's one of those things that you wouldn't trade because you realize, wow, that made me see life so much more clearly than I think other, other people ever do. Uh, you, it, it's hard to not be grateful when you've gone through something catastrophic and you realize that that may, that hopefully will be the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it can again, something else, something worse. And so I am going to just simply live in that present gratefulness. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, you, at the beginning, we were kind of talking about Elon Musk and, and how, you know, the, how that might feel. And it kind of comes back to the point of we have such a hard time understanding that other people are, are feeling the same feelings we are uh, at the same emotional capacity. Like it's just, it's like, I've been, I've tried to imagine this lately, like, as a new parent, imagining my dad loving me as much as I love Quinn. I'm like, there's no way I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. Although he's like, yeah, no, that's, that's what I feel. I'm like, no, 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 you don't. And so if, you know, we have this much trouble, you know, with someone who is that close to us, you know, how hard are we going to have it with, with strangers? I think something that we almost have to go about in our day is like, just assume that every single person is having whatever your worst day was, assuming they're having it that day, if not worse, and then just treat people like that, right? Just treat them nice. Like, Hey, maybe that person is having a really shitty ass day. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. And yeah, I think just being able to, to have that, yeah, staying in the present moment. And, and like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's taking it day by day, moment by moment, every day is a new day to wake up, and, you know, erase the tape from the next day and then just continue to move forward. I mean, at, at a certain point, it's just like, well, that's all I can do, right? Like, it's either I do that or I just don't go anywhere. Kind of like you were saying, we just kind of run around in circles. We, we don't really get anything out of this life. That's a direct quote from Plato. I, I actually, ironically, just read it last night um, about that whoever you, you come encounter with, like, like they, they are probably going through something even worse than you and treat them accordingly with some empathy. It reminds me, um, we have a decent homeless population in downtown Evansville, you know, always a handful kind of moving in and out and you, you get to know them, you say hi to them. And I always want to treat people with dignity and, and yet, you know, have empathy and all that at the same time. And one of these hundred degree days, like 40 Celsius for you guys, um, just awful, oppressive humidity. I, I had never seen this, this, uh, elderly, a woman who was clearly homeless sitting on a bench in front of our building. So I immediately want to just kind of go give her something. Um, but again, I'm, I'm cognizant of the dignity and so forth. So 
Uh, I didn't need to do this, but I did it as kind of a setup. I went and got my broom and I'm out there just kind of sweeping the sidewalk in front of the place just so I could, you know, have some space and interaction with her where she's comfortable with me being there, start chatting with her a little bit. And that allowed me to say, man, it's hot out here. I said, you know, can I, can I get you a, a bottle of water or something? And, and you could tell it just kind of, you know, she, she didn't want to say yes, but she needed it. So she, she did say yes. And I'm like, man, I, I, I need one too. Let me, let me go get us a bottle of water. So I get her a, a big bottle of water and a Gatorade, give it to her. You know, she doesn't know that I know she's homeless or in need, but um, you know, just those little things, you know, for us to just take our eyes off of ourselves once in a while and, and see that other people have struggles of some kind And it it really brings us back to a collective place where all of a sudden we realize, you know what, life is pretty bad sometimes for all of us a lot of the time. So let's do things for each other. Exactly. Like you said, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely takes a certain level though, for an individual to get there, to be able to take their eyes off of themselves. Right. And and to, I think have, you know, maybe not in that situation, but in a lot, it's, it, uh, it, it definitely takes having to be very comfortable with who you are and your place, because once you can kind of stop focusing on yourself so much, you can then take, you know, if a bad thing comes along, how you're going to handle it. Right. And so you can then go, okay, I'm going to extend this self-awareness and a, a little bit more. Well, I know we did not answer the question how to deal with setbacks because it's, it's complicated. Question. Like, like I said, all of philosophy, religion, psychology, like that's, that's why those fields even exist is to try and answer that question. But I, I do think it's helpful to come back to just having that central conversation with each other because it does bring us together. It helps us to bring out, you know, some of those experiences. And, and I think that's probably the most important thing as a starting point. I was going to say like, one, you know, we're not, we're not here to answer the questions. We're just here to talk about our experiences and what we've learned. But I think we've almost answered it right here is like, it's, it's open communication. It's talk, it's sharing our shared experiences. It's, you know, having that level of intimacy where it's like you, that person can be talking and you're like, yeah, this person's experience is real to them and it's authentic to them. And you can accept that. And, and there's always that next day, you know, I, I often tell people, and I know this from just neuropsychology and neurophysiology, sometimes just getting a little space between you and that pain, that next sleep is like a brain reset and clarity comes in. And then there's another day and another day in a conversation with somebody else. So you could be going through the worst setbacks ever. And I've, I've felt many of them. And yet it just that, that almost clinging hope that I know tomorrow will be better and I know it will be better the next day. And you just, you, you feel what you feel it's authentic and it's real, but you still know that there is a step forward. So thanks for bringing this up, Tyler. I I know we'll come back to this in some way, but it's uh, it's as monumental a topic as we can, we can cover. So everybody watching and listening, we will see you next time in the mind muscle connection.